Devin, can you turn up the heat? I'm so cold. I've never been anywhere cold as you. Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about closure from Evermore. Closure, closure, closure. No, no, closure. <laughs> Today, we're talking about the song Cold <laughs> as You from Taylor's debut album. Cold As You is the fifth track on Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift's debut album. Taylor Swift's debut album was released on October 24th, 2006, and this song was co-written by Liz Rose. Ooh, a name we know all too well. <laughs> if you will. I will. <laughs> Cold As You has only been played live once, and it was on March 19th, 2013, during the Red Tour. She played it as a special song on her B stage. So cool. Is there a recording of that on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Check it out. Cool. It's like mostly of her back, oh. but it's still cool to watch her. You yeah. can hear her. You can hear her. Yeah. And see how it sounds. Yeah. Cool. So, Dev, what do you think about Cold As You? This is Country Taylor to a T. Mm-hmm. The opening is pretty fantastic. It, it's like a immediately you think of a country ballad as mm. soon as it starts with mm. the steel guitar and the twang yeah. that's going on. And you're like, oh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a heartbroken woman <laughs> to start singing about something about her heartbreak. And, uh, and that's kind of what the song is you know, about. I mean, it's another song about her talking about a guy who doesn't really care about her and she cares a lot about him. And, you know, she, she has a, a rainy ending to a perfect day, and that's kind of sad. And I have one one qualm mm-hmm. with it, and and that's the grammar. Okay. And especially that the the line, "I've never been anywhere cold as you." Mm. Wouldn't it be "I've never been anywhere as cold as you"? I think if it was like the proper grammar, it would be "as cold as you." That would make it a simile. Mm. Yes, because. You're talking about anywhere, and then you're talking about a person, so those nouns are different. I'd have, sure. You can't be at a person. Right. You know, you can't be at a you. Correct. So it would be, I've, I've never been anywhere as cold as you. But sure. that doesn't work in the context of the melody of the song. I guess. Or or is it like, I've never been anywhere as cold as you, as in like, I've never been as chilly a temperature as this person. Like, I've never been anywhere cold because he's always cold all the time it's not about how he's physically cold it's about how he's emotionally cold towards her it's Mm. it's supposed to be a metaphor gotcha okay you know that (laughs) don't be dumb you know that it was supposed to be a metaphor like he's cold to her yeah he's he's not nice yeah so she's trying to make a comparison between like Somewhere that's cold, like whatever temperature she's ever experienced, this person is colder. So it's the double meaning of cold. Or does it actually actually make sense? I've never been anywhere cold as you in the sense of like, she hasn't ever been as cold as him. Like, you know, in his emotion. Like, oh. like you, you're so cold 
And I've been nowhere near that cold. It could like, you're, be. You're That's different. I never even heard it that way. Right? Yeah, I was thinking of it as, as a place, but you're right. Right. I've never been you can say that, nearly right? as cold as you. Right. Like, yeah. I've never been anywhere cold as you. Like, I'm a warm human being and, like, I deserve your love, but you're a jerk. Mm. And you're not giving me anything, and so you're cold. Yeah, I could see it that way, too. I don't know. Either way, I will agree that the grammar of the name of the song and the line in the song where she sings it mm. always throws me off just a touch. Just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's just kind of my uh, my one qualm. Well, it seemed like you might have had more than one qualm because <laughs> you didn't say anything positive about the song. No, I said <laughs> I really, I really like the the beginning with the twang in the oh, country. Okay. Right, right, and right. Then, uh, and I, I do, I like the chorus. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really pretty, and I think that that line, the rainy ending to a perfect day, the way that she sings that is really nice, and I really like the the melodic line of that. Okay. And then, however, the the bridge is kind of just really dark and sad. Like, she says that you wouldn't say anything to anybody even if I died for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yikes. That's, it's dark. That's dark. Yeah. And, and stormy. Yeah. On a rainy afternoon. It is. How about you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I like how this song fits into the debut album mm. as one of the slower and more heart-wrenching ballad type songs because mm. this is some one of along with like teardrops on my guitar this is one of those first times we're seeing taylor sing one of these songs mm, mm-hmm, sing a ballad mm-hmm. so it's cool because i love her ballads it's cool to hear and see one of her first ones that she was so proud of mm-hmm. i like how it, a lot of the song is in taylor's lower register i find mm. it just interesting when you watch the live performance she did during the red tour it really like made me think like oh wow like that a lot of it's in her lower register mm. which i know she's done a lot on folklore and evermore yeah. and it's cool that she did that even when her voice was still maturing sure you you just said that you think that this is like one of her more like powerful songs on the album or that um, that like no, that she's super proud of. What, what you yeah, call, what you just well, say? I said it's one of the more heart wrenching ballads on the album, but it is one of her favorite songs on the album. Interesting. At the time, okay, because she didn't play it at all. Yeah, live, which I, is so interesting to me. I think it was because it was so personal to oh, her, but okay. I don't know that for a fact. Sure. It's also weird looking at that point of her career. And her saying it's her favorite al- her favorite song from the album then, I don't know what it that would be now. Mm. And I also don't know if she was bigger when that album came out, like how much control she had over what songs she played mm. and what were her singles then, because that right. was her first album. Sure. And, and she, she was 16. Yeah, and she was opening for other people, and so she yeah, could so only she play, like, play four her or whole, five songs. Yeah, yeah, her whole Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I will say, though I don't listen to this song as often as some others on debut... It actually has some of my all-time favorite Taylor lyrics, like, ever Mm. in it, which I think is just so interesting, even though it's not one of my top songs. And it just, like, further goes to show that even at age 15, Taylor was such a good songwriter and how much, like, more she had in store. If this is what she was writing at 15, which is brilliant, how much was to come. Yeah. My favorite lyric from the song, I'm going to mention later in Mm. the part where we share our favorite line, but it's like Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite lines, so I'll share that later. But I also really like the opening lyrics. You have a way of coming easily to me, and when you take, you take the very best of me. So I start a fight because I need to feel something, and you do what you want because I'm not what you wanted. And I just think that's so good. It's Mm -hmm. so well written, especially for a 15-year-old. Like, I know we're talking about Taylor here, and she's a master songwriter, 
but you have a way of coming easily to me. Like, it's such an interesting way hmm. to talk about a relationship. Yeah. And you take, like, this person was a taker, not a giver, and that she wasn't getting, you know, any attention or any feelings from this person. So she started to fight just to feel something, which I think is a relatable idea. Hmm. Though I don't, like, fully relate to this song and this line. I find that line, I start a fight because I need to feel something Mm -hmm. very familiar to my younger teen self. Um, The idea of like kind of like picking a fight because you just want to know, you know, if someone even likes you enough to fight for you or be with you or whatever. And there's like, I think that there's no worse feeling. I felt this when I was younger and I still kind of feel it. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're just being completely ignored Mm -hmm. or not heard. So I relate to that idea. I don't like picking fights now I do that a lot less than when I was younger but just like that idea of caring so much about someone who's just like doesn't want to give you the time of day like that's a sucky feeling yeah so I can like relate to that aspect yeah that's that's interesting to me that you think that uh, you used to fight a lot with people or like pick fights to like get something from them I mean I don't think it was conscious I think though if like I was, like, being ignored or felt slighted. I'd be like, oh, is that what you like? Even, like, a little thing where uh, I remember an ex was talking about, like, his celebrity crush. And she, like, happened to be, like, blonde and very tall, which mm. I'm not either of those <laughs> things. And I'm like, oh, is that is that, like, your ideal girl? Like, things like that, which don't have to be a fight. You can have a crush on any type of celebrity. It doesn't reflect on your relationship. Sure, sure. But, like, when you're a teen, those kinds of things just feel different and you have to figure out your confidence before those things don't bother you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't really relate to this song either. I'm kind of a person that if you don't give me the time of day or if you don't uh, want to have anything to do with me, then uh, you don't deserve my time of day anyway. True. And I also am a big proponent of booting toxic people out of your life. This guy doesn't seem to be very good for Taylor in no, this song. No, Seems to be causing her a lot of anxiety and strife. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think that that's worth it for you, Taylor. Let him go. Song. Let him go. Yeah. He doesn't deserve you. Yeah. If, uh, if, you, feel, if you feel like you're going to have a rainy ending to your perfect day, then no. Yeah. It's interesting because I wonder if this was someone she was had a relationship with or someone she was pining over. Sure. Because it kind of feels like pining to me. Like a pining like you always go to like the movies or like the bowling alley or like the party with that person and you're always trying to like sit next to them and they're not like paying any attention to you that was the worst i hated having crushes on people they like sarah instead i always i had so many crushes and it's just like so horrible yeah horrible i hate that yeah that that was rough that was rough yeah or like when the person that you have a crush on confides in you about who they like Uh Mm uh-huh yep yeah. Yep, I remember that on I Am. They'd be like, they somebody would like I Am you out of the blue, and you'd be like, oh my god, wait, why are they, why are they messaging me? Oh my god, who is this? They're like, hey Devin, um, how's it going? Um, so like, yeah, you know Jake, right? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, Jake. Well, actually, the best story of that is you know when my brother started dating this girl in high school that I had like the biggest crush on in the entire world. And he just, you know, went for it. And she called our house one night and I picked up the phone. Oh no. And I was like, Oh, hi, how are you? And she's like, Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm like, I'm good. Um, uh, what are you calling for? And she's like, Oh, like, uh, your brother asked me to call him. 
And that's like, such like a dagger to the yeah, heart. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was no. like, no. Oh no! And this was this was you know eighth grade Devin with braces and glasses, oh. and I was like four foot ten. And, you know, my brother had just been Jesus and Godspell, and so he mm. was like, you know, the creme de la, <laughs> the creme de la creme. And, yeah, of course she was going to pick him over me. He was an older boy. Mm. Oh, God, I felt... Yeah, I that's felt, rough. Yeah, it was rough. That's a rainy ending to your perfect day. That was. And, and, you know, and after that I was like, I don't need you. Yeah. And then I went to go dance or something. <laughs> you never were anywhere as cold as that. No, never. <laughs> So I guess I do relate to this song yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you just gotta get back into that yeah, like yeah. that teen mindset. Sometimes it's hard to get back in when it's been so long. Yeah, like remembering some of those feelings. Ugh. And a lot of Taylor songs bring back those feelings. Yeah, the daggers, just yeah. all of the daggers. Oh man. Oof. <laughs> don't worry, I don't think my brother's ever gonna listen to this podcast. No, he only so. listened to like the first three episodes. Yeah. Call out, call out <laughs> to my brother. And now you get onto the segment of. The hidden message in this song is time to let go, which is funny because we were just telling Taylor to let go of this guy she's pining after. So it, it seems very appropriate. Elsa the crap out of it and let it go. Exactly. It also, that like kind of reminds me of It's Time to Go from Evermore, one of the bonus tracks mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, just came out. mm -hmm. What Taylor said about this song is, I wrote this song with Liz, and I think the lyrics to this song are some of the best we've ever written. It's about that moment where you realize someone isn't at all who you thought they were, and that you've been trying to make excuses for someone who doesn't deserve them, Mm. and that some people are just never going to love you. We were halfway through writing this when I started singing, and now that I'm sitting here thinking it through, I've never been anywhere cold as you. Ooh. Yeah, that's actually... Pretty good. Like, I like that quote, and it makes me think of the way we were talking about that line. It puts it in a different perspective. Yeah, and actually when you read it, when you just read it, it sounded to me like, I've never been anywhere cold as you. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it makes so much more sense It does now. make so That's much more like, sense. It doesn't feel like a place anymore. It's like, I am a good person, and I will never be that cold. Yeah. Like, you're a jerk. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and that feeling some people are just never going to love you. So yeah. that's so real. Like, no matter what you do, you can't just, like, gain someone's love in the Yeah. Way. Ooh. Okay, that, that hits hard. Unrequited crushes suck. Ugh, they're the lot. worst. As many of you know, Cold As You is our first track five of Taylor's. Track fives generally tend to be Taylor's more emotionally vulnerable songs on her albums. And without Cold As You... Being a track five, we might never have had this pattern. Mm. And track fives are such a thing for Swifties when a new album comes out. Like, what's going to be track five? And now Taylor, because she knows that, she also plays into that, Uh which they mentioned on the Long Pond Sessions movie. And so it's cool that track fives are a thing that we picked up on and Taylor perpetuates and continues. And they all started because of Cold As You. So like forever, that song's going to be important because it started that. Sure. So I, I feel that. One interesting parallel I found with this song is the lyric, and I know you wouldn't have told nobody if I died, died for you, which Mm, you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about the lyric in peace. All these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. And how for Taylor, it's like self-sacrifice 
is the ultimate sign of love and giving herself to someone. This guy who didn't care for her, no, you wouldn't have told nobody if I died for you. Like, I would have sacrificed everything for you and you wouldn't have even cared. Wow. But then in peace, I would die for you in secret. Like, you, I love you so much yeah. and I feel that back. Yeah. I would die for you in secret and it wouldn't even matter. Wow. I thought that was a really cool parallel and it's also really interesting. These lyrics were written 15 years apart, mm. but this shows a fundamental idea of what Taylor thinks about love and like how mm-hmm. important it is to her yeah so i thought that was really cool it's really cool yeah gab do you have a favorite line in this song yes and it's one of my favorite all-time taylor lyrics ever wow okay yes. okay so it's the line and you come away with a great little story of a mess of a dreamer with the nerve to adore you Ooh. it's so good Ooh. that is an expertly written line and it it's so tailor it it's like you know it damns that other person it also shows how she's this hopeless romantic dreamer the nerve to adore you i love that weird (laughs) and i also just love that like that idea and i can feel that like a mess of a dream with the nerve to adore you like as someone who is a hopeless romantic and always like loved love like i feel that line it's pretty cool because in really good lyric lines, mm-hmm. having opposites makes it way more compelling. So the opposites of like nerve, the nerve to adore you, like mm. the nerve is is negative, but adore is positive. Mm. And to have those counteracting against each other, it puts this picture into your head of like making adore be a positive thing, a negative thing. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting when you put like a negative aspect to a positive. It's, it's a very strong way to write lyric. Yeah. Uh, and it's very good. And when she does that in any of her songs, and we've talked about some of them before, mm-hmm. I can't think of any specifics right now, but she does it all the time. Yeah. One thing that that line really makes me think of because I'm in such a, evermore phase right now it feels so tolerated Mm -hmm. which is also a track five also a track five. so it's dealing with the same themes of tolerated which you know we're not going to get to till t so for those of you who haven't heard it tolerated it talks about you know loving someone and giving them all these different tokens of love actions of love and them just tolerating your love which is a whole concept that we're going to explore when we get into that song but it's that same idea of the nerve to adore you tolerate right. like tolerate my love yeah it's it's really cool and i just love that these themes that are so interesting to taylor she's still exploring 15 years later I, it's just so cool love it yeah that's also my favorite line, and damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really It's a good fantastic line. line. It's the best line in the whole song. It's, it's yeah. so good. It's just, and it's so memorable, and it's so Taylor. I think yeah. about that line all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so good. So, Devin. Yes. From one to ten, rainy endings <laughs> given to a perfect day. Mm. What do you rate Cold As You? I'm going to give Cold As You four. Okay. For rainy endings to a perfect day. Okay. It's not one that I'm going to listen to very often. However, um, there are aspects of it that I do very much like. And after having this conversation, I respect it a whole lot more. Great. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it four. Okay. How about you? How many rainy endings to a perfect afternoon would you give this song? Perfect day. 
How many rainy endings to a perfect day would you give this song? I would give this song six rainy endings given to a perfect day. Okay. As I said, some of my favorite Taylor lyrics ever are in this song. I think it's really well written. It's catchy, country Taylor. It's not one of my most favorite songs, so it doesn't curve over that second half Mm. number. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important foundational song. I think it's a great track five. It's not my favorite track five. Sure. But... I find it very emotional in terms of like what it meant to Taylor at that time and what it means in retrospect. Sure. So yeah, so six. Cool. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tata Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. How many rainy endings given to a perfect day would you give this song? How many? Is this your stand song? Is this your favorite track five? Did you not know what a track five was? Yeah. We want to hear all your thoughts. Also, if you guys could help us out, we know most of you listen to the podcast on either Amazon Music or Spotify, but if you could hop over to Apple Music and give us a five-star rating and write us a review or just give us the star rating, it would really help us. It would really help our podcast reach other people. Also, we're interested in starting to gain sponsors, and that would really, really help us out. So if you could take two minutes and do that, it would mean the world The world. And as a reminder, to never miss an episode, be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, Next episode, we're going to be covering Come Back, Be Here from Red. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. See you next time.